DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of the CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we got two big fun things to talk about. Of course, the Colorado Rockies taking the four-game set from the St. Louis Cardinals, basically coming one pitch away from sweeping them. We'll get into all that, the fun, the heroes, the the unsung heroes. Uh, But of course, one of the big ones we've got to talk about, and we'll get into this in just a minute, but our man Marquez being named as the Colorado Rockies representative in the All-Star game. We'll talk about that, how we got there, why he got there, how he kind of stacks up and whether or not the Rockies had any other uh, snubs. If, if there's anyone else who should have gotten into the game or, or you know, we'll, we'll look at some of the other people that got in kind of on the back end and compare. But Patrick, what a what a weekend of baseball, man. Wasn't that just fun? Wasn't it just fun? It, yes. Yes, it was. It, it I, I don't know uh, what hyperbolic thing to say about it because it was, you know, Quite simply, perfect. I mean, in a way, you go, well, what if they would have swept? Would that have been more perfect? I don't know. Is there such a thing as too perfect? Or is there such a thing as, like, you know, you want a little adversity. You want, I think, going into that game on Sunday, they had won two. They had lost one. You're waiting for Nolan to finally go off. You're waiting for the Cardinals, maybe, to go off and kind of uh, do what's been expected of them all season long, especially with the Cubs really going in the tank and you say, okay, now maybe things are going to start to level out, even if they have a split, but no, you go into Sunday with that uncertainty, which makes it all the more sweeter that Marquez is, is named an all-star only the eighth time Iraqi's pitcher uh, has been named to the all-star team as a representative, only the sixth starting pitcher ever in the team's history. Uh, he goes out and, and, and pitches well. Elias Diaz does it again. Josh Fuentes, the cousin of the cousin, goes on and and scores the winning run. And you go, that's as perfect as it could be. And you had the fireworks. It it was the fourth. There were fireworks on the field for the 4th of July, and there were fireworks the two nights before. And so it just was perfect. I mean, perfect can't be perfect. There has to be a little flaw in it, but you go, you don't look at the flaw, right? You look past that and you go, Wow, that was perfect. I'll tell you, and and I would say, you know, a sweep would have been nice. The sweep would have been extra, especially for for the people out there. And again, I get it. Who, you know, feel like a lot of this came down to you guys aren't good enough, or you over there aren't good enough. However you interpret that, whatever the you is, you're, you weren't good enough for me. And I'm over here now with the people I wanted to be with, very specifically wanted to be with, and. Uh, so that a uh, four game sweep, I think would have would have twisted that revenge knife a little deeper where I definitely agree with you, though, is, you know, on the on the personal. What, what did we talk about at the very beginning of this season that this 
season was really more about than trying to win as many baseball games as possible. It's about growth, the personal growth of these players. And Justin Lawrence, who was the player that came one strike away from giving the Rockies that sweep, but was not able to complete the pitch, that he got redemption in the final game, being able to get big outs in the win after not being able to collect his first career save. That almost does make it more perfect because now you've got, you know, inside of the success, a, a little redemption arc as well for Justin Lawrence. And and Lucas Gilbreth went out and again, young rookie who's struggled yes. to, to throw strikes. He went out and did what he needed to do, uh, what was necessary. So yeah, all in all, it was, man, it was, it was storybook stuff. And it, it was just wonderful. You know, I think it was just a perfect primer for the all-star game. It's gotten, it's gotten me a lot more excited, um, you know, about uh, all the stuff that we're going to uh, provide you guys in our DNVR community and our family. And, you know, this week was really just the start of it. Everything with Arenado coming back and full capacity crowds and, and the weather kind of being more reasonable and more seasonable yet like, yes it's the summer now right but also it shouldn't be 90 95 98 degrees uh at the end of springtime so right. this this is just coming at such a wonderful time and then even with them going out on the road again three in arizona you go yeah. holy hey. smokes they could possibly Maybe. finally win a road series like it's yeah. not that crazy then they go to San Diego and and whatever that's fine, you know. Even there is even a scenario in which you know they get swept and you kind of you can flush it because the All Star Game will make you forget it, right. particularly because it's it's here because it's in Denver, right? Right, 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 right? If it's anywhere else, it is a three day break where you kind of have to forget it a little bit, but you will very easily forget. It. You know, like it, they could be down like six nothing early in Sunday's game. And you're already like, uh, you know, actually, let me tune over to the futures game. Yeah. Let's see what's going on in the draft. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's almost neither here nor there. It, it's who cares about it. It's just really setting up for a, a, a wonderful time for for fans right here in the Rocky Mountain region. And I'm I'm happy for the fans. I'm happy for the Rockies and and and, and so many of the individual players for as you set it up. You know, being these underdogs and being these forgotten sons. And being these castoffs, in a sense, at least you know, in a sense, to Nolan Arenado, um, that they're they're you know getting their shine, they're getting their moment in the sun, playing with some pride. Obviously, someone who's playing with some pride lately, who who was having a hard time doing so in the first couple months of the season, man, Elias Diaz just keeps it going. He homers in four straight games, and then doesn't homer, but still hits the walk off. Uh, two walk-offs in one series, that's remarkably rare, uh, especially for a guy who came into the set hitting a buck 50, or came into the week at least, because uh, he's hitting like over 400 over his last seven or eight games, something like that. He's It's not just the, the big moments. Sorry, he's, he's, I didn't quite hear that. Could you please uh, my phone thinks I'm talking to it. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, Elias Diaz, man, just... Uh, <laughs> you, you gotta love it, and and I know that you're. Some people are waiting for the other shoe to drop. We'll, we'll find out. We've talked about him a lot lately, but to do it again, um, I gotta say, I really wasn't expecting him to come through in the in the final at bat there, just because you you don't you you, you don't hit two walk offs in one series. Nobody does that. 
it, it's it's impossible, right? It just yeah. and again for this guy, right? For the guy yeah. who's the number eight hitter who's provided nothing but you know defense and, and the handling of a pitching staff. Yeah. And for him to do it again is is probably a bit confounding to some people who maybe are only halfway paying attention to the Rockies or you know if you're the significant other of someone who is you know a hardcore Rockies fan and right wait wait hold on am I understanding this correctly or 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 not being excited to hear that Diaz hit a walk off because like, yeah I know I know we we talked about this Friday remember, remember Thursday night you woke me up out of a dead sleep right. because he did that you're still going on about it like move on no, no, no. This is a new game that he hit the walk off. And this is another game in which Arenado, you know, was very quiet yeah. at Coors Field in his return. And it's, you know, it, that's fine. You, you'd sign yeah. up for it. Uh, you'd sign up for it again and again, even oh, if yeah. it is the, the same old story. It's a it's a good story for the Rockies and, and their, their community. It really is. And they needed something right now. And, and this turned out to be it. Um, to be it. Um, even, even Nolan, like the... Uh, <laughs> and again, I, I don't think too many people are rooting against Nolan in general. But I even saw a lot of people that were like against all the booing and all that stuff. So I'm cheering my head off for Nolan. But I still hope he goes over the series and, and strikes out in every single at-bat. And, you know, it wasn't quite that bad uh he, did, he didn't do quite that terrible but what he basically did was not provide much he had a couple of nice defensive plays he had one that really cost arguably the cardinals the game now there's a whole sequence of events you can never say exactly how things would have played out otherwise but right before trevor story hit that three-run home run um shoot, was it Daza or Hampson right in front of him? They, they switched around in the two spot there. He hit a ball to, to Nolan that could have been an inning ending. It was Daza, double play. And he double clutched on the throw. He just didn't field it entirely cleanly. A, a normal or a, a great play from Nolan Arenado, or quite frankly, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, what we've been seeing out of Ryan McMahon this year, probably – that's an inning ending double play and Trevor story is not in position to hit the three run home run that at the time was the, the it broke the scoreless tie at the game. It was a zero, zero game. Patrick will be back in just a minute. Just for everyone to have some technical difficulties there, but and then Trevor story hits the, the three run Jack with two outs and the inning could have been over. Right. So ultimately you did have, uh, and then he had some opportunities in that final game with runners on base uh, big chances. He hit into some double plays. He uh, struck out uh, with runners on. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll admit, I was really nervous, particularly in that last game, that he, Nolan was going to come up with the big hit we were all expecting. He was going to hit that three-run home run there late with two runners on. Uh, and, he, and he struck out. And, and he just, you know, and then it was Rymel Tapia who went out and had the good at bat and let off a couple of innings. One didn't lead to a rally. The other one did. Rymal Tapia scoring run. I mean, we got to start calling this Patrick. No one's going to get on board with this. I'll see what I get. But it's the, it's the slap hitters home run. It's the Rymal Tapia homer. He hit a single. He stole second base. He moved over on a bunt from one of the best bunters and contact players and, and guys who can do it. So that's an obvious, easy, get him to third. And then he scored on a sack fly from a guy who hits a lot of fly balls. 
game tied because Ryan Maltapia manufactured a run all not by himself. That's not how it works. But, you know, those are the moments of execution. People sitting around waiting for the home run that was never going to come for the Rockies in this game. They didn't get the home run. Josh Fuentes, Joshua, excuse me, same thing. Single steal, or no, he moved up on the wild pitch. But still, you get that, you get that extra bag. Single moves you over, man. Scores the the game winner. For all the folks that don't like the, you know, California extra inning rule with the runner on second base because it's just it seems uh, very very false. It feels very orchestrated and whatnot. Well, Ryan Maltapia is doing that kind of orchestration with, as you said, a single and then a stolen base. He can't do it every time, but. There is that threat, you know, and there are those moments, like you said, with Fuentes where even just kind of keeping a pitcher, you know, off his game and just a little bit distracted where maybe he does throw a wild pitch and so Tappy doesn't get, you know, credit or, or any other runner too that leads off an inning like that because we know, you know, that's the one thing I think the Rockies are, are missing this season is uh, a bit of a, a punch, a little bit of, you know, slugging. Yeah. Right, so you get to first base, and you, you you go to second base on a, a stolen base while pitch, whatever it is. Now all of a sudden you can manufacture a run. You know that was something that Goody actually mentioned on his podcast, and we'll have to talk with him about this idea about why are they so good at home and why are they so bad on the road? And you know we've we've touched on why they've been good at at home, like this idea. Well, besides the pitching, but this idea that. It's a bunch of contact hitters, right? Or guys just putting the ball in play. I mean, again, they've, they've cut down on their strikeouts. They're still striking out maybe more than you'd like, but I, I think they've definitely improved since that opening month where yeah. it looked abysmal. But they're getting the hits here in you know, the largest outfield in, in, in the National League, and I've seen numbers that have suggested that Kauffman Stadium is actually yeah. yeah, mathematically bigger. But I, I, I'm dubious. And we got a I'm a little here. dubious as well. You gotta get some surveyors out there. I think so. So it's the biggest outfield. So that's why all these balls drop in for hits. That's why it's so hard to get a no hitter. That's why it's only happened that one time. Right. Um, but then on the road, those, you know, a lot of those hits aren't falling in, right? We also know about the, you know, the, the hangover effect too. But they just lack that ability to hit the three run home run, as, as Earl Weaver likes to say. Yeah. They don't have those guys hitting the home runs and, 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 and getting those extra base hits to drive in those runs. So you can see how like they, they have the perfect makeup for this imperfect season that they've had. Right. They're great at home and awful on the road. And, right. and, and Toppy is, is, you know, one of those guys who's, you know, able to do that when it's, when it's going great, they're at, at Coors field and you can see why it's, it's not so good on the road. But again, it, that's not I mean, one player's fault. Not, not being able to well, no, but but not being able to hit a three-run home run has nothing to do with any individual player. That's a team-wide thing. Right, right, right. right. And and that go, comes back to their lack of star power, which we're going to get back to obviously right. here in a bit. Before we move on from Tapia, the this is the one last thing. Uh, I this is like my new favorite thing to do with him. Actually, is these is to look at his slumps. These times when the people go, oh man. Really slumping. This was a bad. This is a bad homestand for Ryan Altapia, right? Seven game homestand, and he just after being so quiet. hot, quiet, right? Only he hit two seventeen, on base two eighty, slug two sixty one. Those are that's that's, that's bad homestand, right? Okay, sure. Yep, seven games. Ryan Altapia recorded seven hits, walked, or I'm sorry, five hits 
and two walks. So he got on base seven times in seven games. He also scored, uh, where is it, five runs and drove in two. He also stole two bases and uh, only struck out three times. So again, these are this is that's a bad that's an objectively bad stretch for Rymel. That is as bad as it's going to get for him. Like we did with I did the same thing with his ten game slump, right? Where during that ten game slump, he got on base eight times, drove in four, and scored four runs. So you've basically got this seven game sample size where he's on base seven times, and either drove in or scored a run seven times. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I will so incredibly take that. And even on the day where he didn't start a little bit of a rest, cause he's looked maybe a little bit off, maybe a little uh, something, give him a, a new look at whatever he ends up having to come off the bench, gets two big hits. And like I said, manufactured all that stuff. He didn't even start in that game and ended up, and that takes all of the pressure off of Elias Diaz in the ninth. Cause it is a completely different world when you're hitting in the bottom of the ninth and you're down by one, with two outs, you make it out there, ball game's over, you lost. That's it. Right? It's a tie game. Nice, easy. Yeah, I strike out here. We're going to the 10th inning. There's going to be a guy on second. We'll be fine. This isn't on me. But you come up with the hit. You feel nice. You go to Tapia takes all the pressure off the Rockies in the ninth to go out the Fuentes and Elias to go out there and win the ball game by doing that. And and during one of his second worst week of baseball this season. And the Rockies, you know, bullpen, and, and that that helps the bullpen out because there there were a couple of guys that were unavailable. I think Chassin, Bard, and maybe even the Seves yeah. were unavailable. So they they're running on fumes, man. You know? Stevenson's, <laughs> Stevenson's on the IL. Yeah, Stevenson's on the IL, and so yeah. they're waiting to get some of those guys back. And and Gomber on the IL, you know, so you don't even have Chichi to to maybe throw a couple extra innings and whatever it is. And and Chassin's a, you know. He's he's a one inning guy even at this point, but yeah, the the bullpen is is struggling to keep things going, and so you you almost have to win in nine innings. And we we saw it the other night where Almonte goes in there and just gives up an absurd amount of runs because it's yeah. just that's it. It's it's uh, it's, it's a tipping point, right? It's a tipping yeah. point. So they've got to win in nine, and and thankfully they're they're getting the support from the starting pitching to say, well, look, we don't need that many innings out of you. Just give us a handful of outs. You know, if you can go six or seven innings, which which Marquez was able to get the the seven innings and and only give up the two earned runs, that's a recipe that that should allow you to win more games than not, even with a substandard bullpen. And Rockies got it done, and they continued like all season long. You know, called it didn't call anything, but re- but reported on the facts of each four game series has gone better and better. They yeah. went one against LA. They take two against Cincinnati when they should have won a lot more, and they looked awful in the final two games. They were very competitive against Milwaukee, looked a lot more competitive and didn't didn't have those garbage outings like with Cincinnati, so that improved. They win a four-game series against the Cardinals, which means they are going to sweep Atlanta from September (laughs) 2nd to September 5th. The trend will continue. Put it in the books. <laughs> if that happens, uh, trends and, and things are amazing. I want, 
one more thing that happened this series that I also think speaks to that whole home road thing that I want to talk about real quick. But I do, of course, got to remind everybody out there to keep drinking your Breck seltzers and your Breck brews whenever you're out in the sun, enjoying yourself responsibly. Of course, I'm loving the seltzers these days in the hot summer, uh, especially if maybe you're you're starting a little earlier in the day for some day baseball like I am. You don't necessarily want to bog yourself down with a afternoon IPA, a nice, refreshing, crisp peach seltzer, apple seltzer. They got the mountain berries, the, the black cherries. Those are those are my favorites. Really, the peach and the apple, especially nice, crisp, refreshing, delicious. Get yourself a 15 can sampler today down at your King Supers, your liquor store, and come down to the DNVR bar. We got bigger Breck brews for you when you're a member of the family. Become a member of the family today. Get access to all the written content. Patrick's been writing banger after banger this week, being down at Coors Field, chatting with everybody, getting you all of the inside scoops and every angle on this Nolan Arenado return and uh, our men Marquez to the all-star game, those kinds of things that we're going to talk about there. You want the quotes, the skinny from the people down there. You got to subscribe to the DNVR.com. You also get to come hang out with us in the discord channel, which is super cool. We're chatting 24 seven about all kinds of stuff. Uh, the trade season right around the corner. I'm sure it's just going to be filled with fantasy trades that we're all making and trying to figure out what exactly would work with this team or that team. That's rumored to get whomever. So come hang out with us be a part of that. And also you do still get a free DNVR shirt when you order that annual membership. So become a member of the family today and keep drinking your Breck brews so that you may toast them to this one other element that I said I wanted to talk about. Um, well, actually, let, let, let me sneak this one in, given where we're at here. Beefy Rockies defense. We'll talk about the beefy Rockies defense as soon as I'm done selling you the best beef in the world i'm not joking with you it's delicious it could change your life it's wagyu beef from hassle cattle company they don't put any hormones or antibiotics or any of that garbage in there treats the animal well treats the environment well treats your body well it treats your taste buds well and it treats your wallet well because it doesn't cost more than you're going to get down at your local grocery store anyway. A lot of times they got promos that mean that it's going to cost you less for that ground beef, ground chuck, award-winning hamburgers, steaks that will blow your mind. Anything that can be made with beef. They got beef jerky. They got sausage that's absolutely amazing, delicious. Like it's it's crazy all the different stuff you can get from them. Do check out all their promos. Use the code DNBR10. You'll get 10% off. And that's on top of when they're already throwing you like special deals. Or if you've ordered 200 bucks to get, you know, free shipping, you can still use the promo code DNBR10 to get 10% off of all of that. I cannot recommend more highly enough that you go to Hassle Cattle Company. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. All right. Patrick, yeah, one last thing that I, that I did want to take note of during the series, because I thought they, they really showed it off. And since, you know, we're talking about this home road thing is is the Rockies defense. And I started looking particularly uh, sitting in the press box this weekend at Joshua Fuentes and Ryan McMahon. And, you know, that whole story is going on. You're looking at third base and you're going, my goodness gracious. And the Rockies have put up 16 DRS at third base. And the next closest team is nine. Like that is for that stat that is monumentally otherworldly yeah insane um 
what I wasn't expecting to find was that they're ranked very highly in DRS across the board. In fact, if I gave the average Rockies fan, I'm sure you, you saw it and everyone, there's a bunch of people that saw it. So I, I sent out the, the tweet, but if, if I gave the average Rockies fan a guess, so what position are the Rockies worst at defensively, according to the best defensive metric that we have available? People, how long would it take before they said shortstop? Yeah, prob- Trevor Story. Come the on. only guy with a gold glove. Oh, he doesn't have one, but he's been nominated for a gold glove. He was nominated. Was I don't think he's been nominated, actually. I believe he has. He was supposed to be nominated, I think, in uh, 19. And did he get straight? He may have. Here. I think I think he did in 19. We'll I think he got nominated. I think he did get nominated. But, yeah, I mean, you would think he's their best defender. He's in the conversation, obviously, right? right. Year, year after year. And, and I, it, it is good to, to kind of check in on those things because, again – this is, uh, you know, not a lost season, but it's one of transition, as we've been talking about, you know, all year long and even even through the off season. And so there's, we're not going to be talking about, you know, is such and such going to be MVP? Um, we might be talking about Herman Marquez in the Cy Young debate. He's got a long way to go um, because well, there's, there's two outings against San Francisco and Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, certainly doesn't help, and and we know who else is in is in yeah. the league and uh, yeah. no rookie of the year. So the defensively, this could be one of those spots that you look at and you say, all right, well, is somebody going to win a gold glove for that, that specific Avenue uh, of, of baseball. And so it, it is definitely something key to, to keep an eye on yeah. uh, for story and, and maybe even for Ryan McMahon. Yeah. But it is interesting that story right now is their worst rated uh, defender or, or shortstop is their worst position they're they're ranked 14th in baseball at shortstop and overall drs the colorado rockies ranked second behind only the tampa bay rays who have a pretty comfortable lead there but uh the rockies uh at third base like i said very comfortably out in front there i was very surprised to see elias diaz uh has the rockies rated second behind the plate uh, I, I figured I knew his defense had been good. And again, I think that's probably the hardest position to try to measure with any of these statistics. That's probably the one you've got to take with the biggest grain of salt, but still interesting to see that according to those numbers, uh, they're really liking what Diaz is doing behind the plate. Uh, the other big surprise to me was Tapia, who's been an up and down defender throughout his career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as always, I've always talked about, it. he's got the tools to do it. He doesn't always make the best decisions and that can account for all kinds of things, but in an outfield where it's very difficult to pick up defensive runs, say, because it doesn't really account for how big the outfield is. Tapia is among the league leaders in at left field with six. Uh, that, that basically has him tied for third best and among the top 25 in all of major league baseball. So Tapia has been, Again, according to this stat, that's usually very harsh on Rockies, uh, outfielders, infield DRS is fine. Um, that was even as as the Tapia <laughs> prognosticator, I was like, wow, that shocked me a little bit. Yeah, um, realize he'd been that good defensively this year. And outfield assist is again is is a, a number that's the more opportunities you get you know, that maybe more likely you're able to do it, but still not every outfielder does it right. You go, Oh yeah, I can, I can run about, you know, three quarter speed and I know I'm going to be fine over here. 
Whereas now you're running on top and you go, you know what? I maybe want to think twice about it. You know, Charlie Blackman has had those stretches in his career and you go, uh, you know what? It, it's maybe a little too close to call. I'm not going to do it. But if it's, it calls for a moment to be aggressive, you still run on Ryan Maltapia despite those outfield assists because you go, Hey, you got to beat, you know, you got to beat me because right. I'm, I'm not going to let you, uh, or I'm not going to beat myself essentially out of this spot. Even, I'm going to yeah. go on it, but you're right. It's, it's still part of his growth and, and he's, he's doing a lot better. And I think we saw one point um, over the weekend where, you know, maybe it was a little too aggressive. So runners were, you know, were able to move up and those are little things I think you can clean up, right. you know, very easily again. And, and how much of it is that, you know, for the first time since 2019, you know, with fans being in the ballpark, that was like a big spot. You big, know what I mean? Yeah. That was a big series because really it's, it's, you, but, you, you can play within your own head. Like it's, it's fine. But when there's, you know, 40 plus thousand people cheering and you're playing against, you know, your old team captain and Nolan Arenado, shoot, man, you're going to want to yeah. seize the moment. And sometimes yeah. you can't seize the moment or you shouldn't, but, yeah. but Tapia's defense is definitely taking a step forward as he continues to mature. Yeah, yeah, failing to hit the cutoff man is not something that's accounted for in DRS. <laughs> so again, I've always said yeah. like all the defensive numbers for uh, with a big grain of salt. The other two things that really surprised me in this uh, were Hampson being a plus three in center field and Daza being a minus three in center field, which to me, again, I think is a sample size thing and shows just how hard it is to put up a plus DRS in center field at Coors because your eye test tells you totally differently with Daza, but that Hampson's been able to get to plus three is actually eye popping. That's very intriguing. Uh, that because DRS is never looks on Rocky center fielders that highly. And then Patrick, the other one that surprised me. And again, I, I don't know that they take like square hands into account, but CJ Crone at first base plus three. Yeah, he's been a lot better. You know, there were moments last year uh, during the pandemic shortened season, uh, a lot more so. 2019, I think he was pretty good, but definitely in 2020, you know, Daniel Murphy had his issues with just picking balls up out of the out of the ground, and um, and, it, and it made you appreciate, like, yeah, these guys are pros, and you really need to be an athlete to be able to scoop something out because they do it so so easily yeah, right and, and, you, and you forget like it's that's, hard yeah that's hard like you know go, going back to my high school days if you could dig one out it was like that was the play of the game and you're like yeah at a certain level though that becomes very routine just scooping one out of the grass or out of the dirt and mm -hmm. murphy had those issues and crone has it you know there hasn't been really any place to my knowledge off the top of my head where i go oh man he looked atrocious on that it could be uh, maybe a little bit slow, you know, going to the line. I think yeah. it was a double down the line. It felt like the first, first one. month he had some ugly errors on balls. Yeah. I felt like he should have had. But since then, I feel like he's been solid, if not good. Um, yeah. Yeah. And again, and you, you, how much is, is this range going to that? You go, yeah, he's not really going to his left or his right. Okay. Yeah. Just that, that it's going to happen. Be a vacuum you know? cleaner over there, and we're good. Yeah, scoop those balls up for McMahon, Story, Fuentes, whoever it is. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, and to your point about the center field, um, even just looking on Fangraphs, which is is cool to you know, you can sort by position, you know, by by team, and, and you look and you say, well, how have the Rockies third baseman been doing? Not 
just cherry picking and saying, let's take all of Fuentes' stats. Some of them came at first base. And all of McMahon's stats, some of those came at second base. Right. Um, and, and, and adding them together, you can actually break it down. Hey, when the third baseman was in the game, what did they do? You can do the same thing at center field. And defensively, yeah, Rockies, third best in the National League. And overall, in just war, fifth best. You know, the combination of yeah. Hampson and Daza in center field. Um, I think this happened a, a few years ago with uh, – I'm not sure who it was. It must have been Dahl and – uh, maybe they're still uh, playing around with, with Tapia. It could have even been Blackman. Yeah. yeah. But you don't, you hardly ever see a platoon in center in field. Center, like, yeah. That's one of those spots you go, well, you, you wouldn't have that. Like, you would never platoon at shortstop. Right. But you know what? Hey, man, stranger things have happened. And if it works out for you, so be it. And you also do have a, a guy in, in Hampson who can play multiple positions. So, right. It, really it's, helpful. you're not wasting two players on a position that typically you have one guy, right? right. It's, you know, you're using one and a half players, right? Because right. you can still have both those guys in the game at the same time, which, you know, we're starting to see happen with Daza in center and, and Hampson at second when Rodgers needs a day off. Yeah. And Fuentes and McMahon obviously give you that. And you've talked a lot about that as well. So to wrap up that point, Drew, what does any of that have to do with why they're better at home than on the road? Your defense matters way more at Coors Field. Now, in the outfield, that's obvious. Why do you need great outfield defense? It's a tough outfield to cover. You don't want all those extra hits falling in, yada, yada, yada. You say your infield defense doesn't necessarily matter more at Coors Field. Well, it's not harder to play infield defense at Coors, but it does matter more. If you have basically the word, the last thing, ask, bring John Gray here right now. John, what do you not like? What do you hate? Base runners. You're not going to give up zero runs at Coors. You're not going to give up zero home runs in a season. What do you hate? When we asked him, do you want a strikeout, looking, swinging, or do you want a double play ball? Get that guy off of base. I don't want people on base here. How many base runners did Ryan McMahon erase this weekend? That's one more opportunity what? for that extra ball to get to hang just that little bit. Harrison Bader hits a home run because he got one. One mistake, two runs because there happened to be a guy on base. That guy is erased on a great defensive play. And I, and I talked about, I think, when you were having the technical difficulties, the defensive play that Nolan Arenado didn't make right before Trevor Story hit the three-run homer. That matters more at Coors because more hits land and more runs are scored. And every time you can take a runner off of base, so that defense you know, is, is mattering more at home because they're managing to – it, it, it couples with the pitching and you can win those games much better because then your hits are going to fall. Like we talked about the Daza Tapia, Elias Diaz, Joshua Fuentes types of hits that they got are falling in when the other team's defense doesn't quite stack up. Yeah. The pitcher's doing his job and the defense has to do theirs. And when they, when they don't, that's when it gets frustrating. And McMahon's been doing it seven, it's seven assists on Saturday night which was just too shy of a yeah. club record by another all-time great third baseman in Rockies history. I love people uh, not – they're coming at me with fun, like, hey, Vinny Castilla, Nolan Arenado, the two greatest third basemen in, in franchise history. So much fun. Sharing a moment, sharing a hug. Nolan was so excited to see Vinny Castilla. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have you wouldn't believe me if I if I told you how much he lit up in that moment. And people say, "Hey, remember this guy? Remember that guy? Remember Jeff Cirillo? Well, Cirillo has the club record 
believe it or not, and uh, was an all-star. Uh, was an all-star mm -hmm. for the Rockies in the year 2000. Should have been in 2001 as well, which might be something we talk about on another podcast, the greatest Rockies snubs in all-star game history. Well, we'll get into all of that for this year. But first, of course, got to remind you about our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Had a lot of fun this weekend betting on uh, – I, I keep winning on these unders. I, they kept putting in at like 11 and stuff. None of these games yeah, got really close no. to that. I was like, look, these pitchers, I get it, folks. I, I've, I've been to Coors Field literally hundreds of times, and I understand it. But come on. Keep hammering those unders on Rockies games at home. Their pitching is good. Uh, keep having fun with the – Picking guys to hit homers. The Trevor Story one paid out nice for you there. Always having fun on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, betting baseball. I do some basketball and hockey as well. Do have uh, McGregor versus, I'll get it, I'll say Poirier. Three. Dustin, Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier, as, as well, I obviously knew. Come, all set for UFC 264 this weekend, uh, and they've got all kinds of fun stuff going for you on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Right now, you can use the promo code DNVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $264 when you bet on a main event fighter to win by first round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code DNVR to turn $1 into $264 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. So... All right. As we all learned yesterday, Armen Marquez named an all-star. And uh, I think rightfully so. Certainly these last three outings <laughs> helped the case a bit. Um, no other Rocky named to the all-star game. And, well, Pat, I'll, I'll ask you first, Patrick. Just what, what was your take on, on the announcement and, and, and the way the, the all-star teams ended up coming out? I... I can't say it was a surprise because I think Marquez had, um, you know, it, it's not a recency bias, right? You say, oh, yeah, well, he had just pitched really well. Well, he pitched great all season yeah. outside of those two starts. And you look at his numbers and you compare him with, you know, other National League starters. You know, he was uh, 10th in starting pitchers and, and qualified pitchers and, and wins above replacement after yesterday. So you say, oh yeah, obviously, you know, he's doing a good job there. This is one of the stories of the season, I think for the Rockies is how well they've been able to pitch uh, this season and, and pitch at home. And so this is the guy that represents that. I think the best, you know, we talked about it with Goody about three weeks ago and it was, yeah, Marquez is still on the radar as a maybe Gomber yeah. as a maybe. And it seemed like McMahon was just going to be that guy. Lo and behold, Trevor Story started chipping away at it a little bit, and you kind of – he just misses out. Uh, was, yeah. was kind of the last shortstop to not make his uh, fourth highest wins above replacement as a shortstop. Uh, so, you know, should somebody come down with an injury, expect Story to actually make it as a proper all-star. He'll be there in the Derby. So it still was surprising because until it happens, you just don't know. Uh, the player's ballot, you know, went in first, and those are the guys that are locked in. And then the coaching staff goes and says, all right, who's left over? Oh, crap. We don't have a Rockies guy. Who do we got? What positions right. do we need to fill? And so you could have, it could have been that story was the all-star. 
um, and not uh, Herman Marquez, even though Herman Marquez has better overall numbers because, hey, there's just far too much great starting pitching. That's one of those things. So uh, yeah. it was still surprising, you know, in that, that, that sense. And, and to see Buddy finally tell Herman Marquez when that, you know, went down and, and the, the embrace that they shared and how proud Buddy was in that moment, it, it, it was, it's just fantastic, you know, because it's such a rarity to have a pitcher represent the Rockies. And, and for anyone that's like, oh, yeah, of course, they host and they only get one. It's not the first time it's happened. It's, it's happened numerous times. Yeah. Um, it's, I think, only happened about three times that there was only one all-star from the host team that didn't even have a home run uh, derby participant. So the Rockies have an all-star and they have a derby participant. So one and a half all-stars, however you want to look at it. And yeah. that's for right now. There could be some guys added later on. Um, but it just just a wonderful moment. Very, very historic. Sure, only one, but historic that a pitcher does it. And more importantly, has earned his spot as an all-star. Yeah, absolutely. It, the, it was the right guy. Like you said, it, it ended up in this weird spot for kind of the, the week and a half leading up to it where you felt like on the one hand, maybe the Rockies don't really have a fully deserving all-star. On the other hand, they sort of have like four or five guys that you can make a case for, which is really bizarre, right? And and that's actually my take on this, this whole thing is um, – that is who the Rockies are right now. And it explains a lot of this. They don't have anyone who's legitimately played like a superstar this year. Even Herman Marquez is not like you talk about. If you take out his two worst outings, he's on the edge of having played like a, okay, a superstar play. But those two outings happened. They're, they're there. And, you know, that's part of, of being a superstar is, is not giving up eight runs in a, in a game a couple of times. And so I really feel like, yeah, you know, you can make the case for McMahon. If Gomber had stayed healthy, that would have gotten really interesting. Um, Rymal Tapia does have an interesting case. And I wasn't even sure that he necessarily did. And I didn't want to, you know, be that guy. I'm fine enough just telling you why I think Tapia is good. And I know some people oftentimes take that as me saying that he's better than he actually is. But I didn't think he necessarily deserved to be an all-star. I will say when I looked at uh, the numbers for a couple of Dodgers that got in, particularly Chris Taylor and Mookie Betts. Now, Mookie Betts is a different category. That's a little bit – he's the better baseball player, and no one's questioning that. He hasn't had the better season so far. Rymel Tapia has been the more productive ball player this year. But Mookie Betts is Mookie Betts, and people want to see the best right. in the world, the most entertaining people in the world. I have no problem with Mookie Betts being in the game, despite the – Chris Taylor, get out of here. He's been really good this year. He's been fine. He's at like 260. He's got a couple of nice zone runs. He walks a lot. He, he's not uh, – he doesn't bring you quality defense. He doesn't – he's he's fine. He's six amongst, amongst NL outfielders and wins above replacement. Yeah, I know. We get wins above replacement. Again, that's that's we're doing two different things at that point. One is theoretical projection of what a guy should be worth and what projects to continue to be more valuable moving forward and what a guy has actually produced on the field. It's like when I was showing people Juan Pierre's career stats and they're saying, mm, those numbers are going to come down. That's not sustainable. 
<laughs> it's like, 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 you know, I, I get what Tapia is doing may or may not be sustainable. That's a whole other argument, but he's driven in more runs. He scored more runs. He's got way more hits, like all the stuff. Not, you know not I mean? than Chris Taylor. He has Oh, so I'm looking at Mookie Betts stats. I'm sorry. I do have Mookie Betts up. <laughs> but, but wait, wait, wait. No, how, where's Chris Taylor at in terms of? So he has 10 home runs, 42 RBI, 59 runs scored. So he's uh, he's got better numbers all yeah, around. Has a couple less stolen bases. Um, he walks more, but he also strikes out more. Uh, defensively, you know, he's he's been okay. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's been a, a big catalyst. He's kind of... Like you said, to your point, Mookie Betts is Mookie Betts, so he's a superstar. He, you know, he gets in. And I mean, look at Mike Trout. He's been hurt all year. But you go, I want to see him just show up and wear the uniform. Right. Uh, even if he's not taking batting practice, and it remains to be seen if he actually will show up. But you go, yeah, that, that, that's Mike Trout. No, I, 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 I want to I see that guy. And so while Mookie Betts hasn't played like Mookie Betts, Chris Taylor's kind of picked up the slack for him a, a bit in the lineup, and he's been, uh, he's been a big catalyst for for the Dodgers this season. And, and one of the reasons why they're finally getting, getting back on track a little bit there. Yeah. Again, I don't think he's an all-star if he's not a Dodger. There's lots of guys in baseball that have these, you know, again, he, he walks a lot war for a half a season is always an interesting way to decide on the all-star game for me, but I get it. It's, you know, it's, it's the, the go-to stat for people. But again, I was like, I don't, I'm not trying to project the future. I don't care about the future. I'm just taking half a season of what a guy has or hasn't produced, but you're right. I was, I was looking at Mookie Betts stats, which are far more pedestrian, but uh, still <laughs> it's, it's just like, I, again, I, the, back to the point that I was actually making is that none of, none of these guys got snubbed. And, and, and if they had taken somebody other than Armand Marquez, if they had taken McMahon uh, because, and again, this is another thing. I think defense should matter. But I read probably nine articles today about the All-Star game and who was selected and who wasn't, who were maybe some snubs and who weren't. Ain't damn none, one, not one single one of them mentioned nobody's damn defense. And that always bothers me. It's like there's no place in the showcase of the best in the game for the best defenders in baseball. Uh, so Mac gets no points for that. Fine. Uh, but again, if they if they had taken him and Marquez hadn't gotten in the game, I wouldn't even say that Marquez was necessarily snubbed. The Rockies don't have a true legitimate superstar. They've got a bunch of dudes, though, that are in that next category down, which is really interesting. You know, it's, that's where Marquez, uh, Freeland, when he's been good lately, uh, McMahon, even Gray has kind of been in that neck, not not superstars, not all stars, but very good baseball players, and and that's okay too. But you know, Tapia didn't get snubbed, McMahon didn't get snubbed. Uh, if someone gets hurt or doesn't want to be there, uh, it'd be cool to see one of those guys get in. Story again, you know, not snubbed. So as much as I'm usually the guy saying the Rockies didn't get a fair shake in this, it's like eh, it's perfectly fair. Nothing, no, no shenanigans here. They just didn't have any players who were good enough to force themselves into the game, and it's nothing wrong with recognizing that. Though, like I said, I, I do think there is a little bit in the like, we can't measure defense, we can't measure contact, we can't care about those things, but we're going to give a bunch of points to a guy who walks a lot. <laughs> it's like that's that's what people watch the All Star game for. They want to see the guys who've got the best command of that strike zone. <laughs> see him get up there and draw a walk, Chris Taylor. 
I think it's pretty fair what you're saying about the Rockies having a lot of like next tier guys and, you know, people um, are upset, not, not to a crazy extent, but they're upset about, oh man, I, this is my guy that I like. I, I'm a Tapia guy. What about Daza? And, and oh, me, I'm a McMahon guy. I wanted to see them in the all-star game. And I understand that. And I think, again, to your point about there being like the next tier guy is that there were points throughout this first half where you could have made that case a lot more. And you could have said, hey, if this guy can go forward and continue to make progress and start adding you know, to the ledger and start increasing home runs, batting average, RBI, all that stuff, then yes. So like you, they're on the precipice. Like there are other guys on this team that were never really on that precipice at all. And I think right. – you know, a lot of those guys were, and then they just kind of leveled off while, again, there's 14 other teams in the NL of guys who did get hot and did start, you know, adding to the ledger and, and started uh, getting those counting stats going and whatnot. And and again, that, that's what happened with Marquez. Where you go up, oh, McMahon's the all-star, McMahon's the all-star. And then mm-hmm. as it keeps going on and on, and you go, oh, wow, he has the 11th highest war uh, as as far as fan graphs is concerned for a second baseman and you go oh no, no he's he might be like kind of far off i mean they're all compressed really tightly uh in there I and mean, i think he still can kind of maybe make the case over a lot of other guys he's not truly 11th best um but he's not he where where another position <laughs> that's that's part of the problem with doing his war at second base right sure that should right that that should count in for but, of course for a little bit but, um but again, at, at one point where he's towards the top of the list, you go, yeah, you can maybe run away with this thing and not to be a starter, but you can run away with it and oh, he could have been an easy be an all-star. Yeah. He could have been an easy all-star. And, and so wrong time. Yeah. And 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 that's again, it's the same thing with the Hall of Fame, where you go, it's the top, you know, one percent of, of the top one percent. And that's just kind of how it goes. And it's, it's what you do for three months of the season. Doesn't mean that's who you are. You know, that's going to put a good chip on a, a couple of guys shoulders going forward to say, all right, well, man, um, I probably didn't get snubbed, but you know what I did? I, I went, I went quiet. You know, my bat went a little bit cold yeah. uh, for far too long and this was my opportunity. And so I gotta, I gotta keep grinding. Cause I gotta think, I mean, I think Herman Marquez has been that guy. Yeah. Um, for much of his career where you go, ah, shoot. If only. Like I was looking at first half, yeah. first half stats of, of Rocky's pitchers to see, you know, who else has been snubbed and, and Kyle Freeland was very good in 2018. He had like a three, 3.8, uh, 3.18 ERA, I think in the first half. And you go, Oh, maybe, maybe people slept on him a little bit. Marquez, you know, was fantastic in 2019 in the first half and you go, ah, uh, maybe one or two starts if you had thrown that at the window or if he had been a little bit sharper, yeah. maybe that would have been the difference. And so Marquez has to live with that and uh, came back and, and he did what he needed to do this year. I think the same is going to be true for McMahon. Could be true for, for Tapia, Daza, maybe at least establishing himself as a as a permanent fixture there in the outfield. Maybe even Dom Nunez thinking, hmm, you know, people that were whispering my name a little bit for the first four weeks of the hey. season and then I completely went silent. Yeah. But still, like this is this is a good, you know, demarcation point of the lines in the sand, and all right, you're going to get to restart, refresh, and also to plant a seed in that sand and say, I got to remember this for the second half. I got to remember this in the off season. I got to remember this in May 
when we got to go to, you know, Chicago and it's, you know, 40 degrees out with a, with a chilly wind, I got to grind away and see if I can get, you know, a hit there in my final at bat in the final game before we get on the plane, because all of those things will add up and maybe I can become the next first time all-star. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting too, as you were talking about the second halves, the Rockies have had some, uh, especially pitchers in, in recent memory, John had the huge second half in 2017, uh, obviously Freeland in 2018. Uh, and, okay. Here's a, yeah, no, my bold prediction is uh, Ryan McMahon going to have a huge second half. I think part of this was, you know, there, there was kind of a lot of, there was a lot on McMahon coming into this season and the heir apparent at third base and really taking over a big part of the culture of the team too, because he's, he's got such a outgoing and magnetic personality, but he'd always been the young guy. And he basically went in one off season from new kid rookie guy to after Blackman and Story, the most important kind of figure in both the clubhouse and on the field. And then as it turned out, he immediately, with those guys getting off to a slow start, became the most important player on the field for the first month. And he and he played so well, and he really was playing at an all-star caliber. And as we mentioned, the defense has been all-star caliber all season. By DRS, he has been the best defender in baseball this year. When you, I, would, I guess I'd have to double-check nobody else has significant DRS at a second position to be 100% sure of that. Um, but he's been, he's been extraordinary. Right. And then all the things weighing, but the team is still losing and all this stuff going on. And then he, he does get dinged up a little bit and he's streaky by nature anyway, as we've talked about. And so I think all that kind of coming together, maybe seeing the finish line there and being a, be an all-star if I could just get my shit together a little bit, couple extra pressure strikeouts that he doesn't need when he's not feeling at his best. And I just think you take all this away, you give him a second to breathe, you give him a chance to get on another hot stretch. And we're going to see, we're going to see a monster second half out of Ryan McMahon. Yeah, I really hope so. You know, and um, we might even see a monster second half out of Brendan Rogers. Maybe he's the the next hey. first time all-star going forward. He's been really good. He's been yeah, really good in the past few weeks. And uh, as I, I mentioned on the pod, since June 5th, he's he's on the first page of, of fan graphs, or at least he was as of a couple of days ago, the, the 30th best player uh, in the game, you know, since he really re- started recovering from that uh, injury and, and, and coming back from the IL and, and missing so much time. So you got to hope he's just healthy and hope all of them are just healthy and, and can start working on their, their resume to a degree, right? Like, like to your point about, you know, defense and, um, you know, again, you could put, you could put a guy out at third base for all nine innings of the all-star game and he might not get a single ground ball. So you're never going to really kind of see that come to fruition and say, Oh man, that guy's in there. Cause he's great defensively. But Torrey Hunter could rob Barry Bonds of a home run and create one of the greatest moments in all-star game history. Why defense? (laughs) <laughs> but you're, and, no, you're right though obviously there's and a, he was on the team because of his offense i mean tory hunter is one of the greatest defenders of all time he just also happened to get for a couple of years there so. <laughs> yeah yeah even, even at the end of his career with 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 the angels where he they stuck him in a corner outfield spot and he was still you know uh productive there for that and so yeah again yeah. as we're as we're saying the, the second half is, is an opportunity to kind of 
work on that resume, both defensively and offensively, so that going into the next season, people are talking about Ryan McMahon or Brendan Rodgers a little bit more or you know whoever else, so that when they get off to a good start, they get the plaudits they deserve. I mean, Herman Marquez, you know, really since 2019, I feel like the national media has been aware of him, right? And been talking like, hey, yeah, you know, this guy's been pretty darn good, yeah. you know? And so coupled with a, a really good first half, not otherworldly, because again, there have been a couple not so good starts that have, you know, tinkered with his numbers, right. but a really good first half. And because he's, you know, kind of, he's been on the radar, you go, yeah, he's, yeah. he's the all-star. And, and again, stories seems like he's just been okay. And yet his numbers are, have, you know, been really good but Decent, yeah but but not superstar good and yet like i said I, I think he still could possibly be an addition um depending on somebody getting hurt and he could you know slide into in there in that role because he's already a nationally known guy so mcmahon and, and rogers are two guys that can really help themselves and Tapia still too can help themselves in the second half to make people just start saying their name a lot more and so that if they go out and have a good month of april in 2022 and a good month of May and a fantastic June, they go, no, no, this, I've had my eye on this guy for a while. And this isn't a fluke. And no, he's been really good. And ah, you know what? His numbers have been okay. And maybe he's only a top 10 outfielder, not a top five in the NL. But that was because he was slumping for a little bit. And I know this because I've had my eye on him right. since the yeah, end of 2021. Yep. So again, you're, you're planting a seed right now here going mm -hmm. forward. And the Rockies have a couple guys, uh, as you said, that are kind of in that next tier that, you know, could be first-time All-Stars next year. Yeah, and I never thought, for everything that I've said, for all the ink and time and words that I've spilled out of my mouth and out of my brain about Rymal Tapia, I've never called him a future All-Star. I've never called him a potential All-Star. Even this year when he was doing things and people were throwing it my way, Tapia All-Star game, I was like... He's not an all-star, you guys. He's a really great role player, and I love that about him. That's why I love him. He's a great role player who, who's got much better numbers or mu much better production than his numbers look like. That's why I love Ryan Altapia. But I don't necessarily think he's an all-star. That said, Kyle Schwarber, as Will points out, not going to be able to play in the game. I still do think he was borderline. Like I said, when you look at the other outfielders in there, okay, their numbers are better. They're not necessarily blowing them out of the water, depending on what you're – uh, looking at, I also think it would be just objectively hilarious if Tapia managed to sneak in in Schwarber's spot because, again, that, that's that thing we've done, right? You, you couldn't find two more polar opposite players in terms of where you're getting your production from than Kyle Schwarber and Raimel Tapia. I still don't think he's the next outfielder there. But, again, it's, you know, if Bud Black is in there bending Dave Roberts here a little bit and going, you know, you know. You know, it's at Coors Field. We need an outfielder here. This guy, when he hits, or maybe Tapia, and then, I don't know when this decision has to be made for replacements. Maybe Tap has a hot week and gets the batting average up to about 310, and he's fourth or fifth in the NL again because he was he was fifth place in the National League like four or five days ago. So then you've got a much better argument, right? And then you can – is it the best argument? Not necessarily. But to see him sneak into an all-star game would, of course, make me – beyond elated to see that happen um again i don't necessarily believe he deserves it beyond a shadow of a doubt but if there are going to be some replacements and you can look at the numbers in a certain way and buddy can maybe bend an ear or two because you're not going to get in at shortstop i think it's going to be harder there because eduardo escobar the the diamondbacks need one player so well, they, they are yeah 
Yeah. He's, so that's he's it. The, he's their all star. Right. So so yeah. You and I mean, yeah. So I don't know where. I think it's gonna be harder to get story into the game somehow. I guess one of those other shortstops have to be. I thought know. Trey Turner may have may have actually gotten uh, injured over the oh, weekend. Injured. Um, yeah, he's he got his uh, third cycle. I think in the process of that, so they could look to replace him. The weird thing with with Schwarber is when they um, added him to the team, it was with the full acknowledgement that he was on the IL. So I think they took that into consideration. So uh, I I think they may have added uh, uh, an extra guy because of that. Um, So we'll wait to see. We know there's going to be other guys anyway. I mean, there's always guys that that drop out, right? And so we'll we'll keep our eyes on that and see if any Rockies are in the the running to – kind of sneak into the game, which would be fun. And 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 at the point I kind of hadn't thought of is like, well, there's still six more games to play. So something like that could happen. And, you know, it it, it sounds crazy to, to say this could go down in such a way, but it could where somebody gets hurt on, on Sunday maybe and you just go, well, the tiebreaker goes to the guy who's already going to be in town. town. <laughs> and it's like, all right, fine. Only, only if it's a tiebreaker. If, again, a guy just deserves it over someone else. You call him up on Sunday night, and he's jumping on a plane yeah. to get to Denver first. You know, right. to become an All Star. Like, there's no two ways about it. Right. But if it's a tie, you might go, like you said, Buddy says, "Look, Doc, you know, uh, goes next door and, and and knocks on Dave Roberts' door and says, hey, neighbor, you know, let's let's do we have room for one of my guys?'" Um, but I I think Story has a shot, and. You know, Tapia's a little bit further away, maybe with a really good week. I think that that could definitely uh, help with with some things. And yeah, and yeah, it's, Gomber would have been the guy. The Gomber would have been you, the you, next guy to Gomber, possibly do it if he hadn't gotten hurt, right? If he hadn't gotten hurt and kept doing what he was doing, he was legitimate on a superstar level. That goes against what I was saying earlier about none of these guys are slam dunks. They're all you gotta squint your eyes, look at just the and right maybe time. McMahon. Maybe yeah, if McMahon goes off again, I think I think we've True. seen enough of him. Again, he's he's been great defensively, but we've seen enough of him to see like ah man, he has his cold spells and his snaps. But again, stars do have that, right. and I think if with a big week you just take a step back, you forget about what you know about him batting seventh and Brendan Rodgers jumping ahead of him in in, in the lineup and whatnot, and you go. Uh, let's look at these numbers. Shoot, you know what? Put him in. And maybe you do see him in, in multiple positions. You know, maybe you do uh, flip him around from, from third base, second base, whatever it may be. Uh, I know Jay Cronenworth can already do that with the Padres, but you go maybe. So don't count on it, but you know what? Right. Hey, you can always hope. You can always keep those fingers crossed. Yeah. It, 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 either way, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a lot of fun for us to cover and watch. We know you'll be out yeah. there watching it as well. But we've got, as Patrick said, one last road trip before we get to All-Star Weekend. And, well, All-Star Week, I guess. It's on Tuesday. I don't know why they call it. Anyway, it's <laughs> not what it is. It's not the weekend. Uh, but So we'll be here for all of those, obviously, seeing if the Rockies can take some of this home momentum with them out on the road. As we've mentioned, the last couple of road trips have been better from an on-the-field play standpoint, even if the record has only barely indicated. Technically, the record has indicated that because they've won a couple a game on each of the last road trips. So it's been better. But Diamondbacks, let's see what happens, right? Maybe actually get some of these. So stick with us. Keep watching along every single day here on the YouTube, on the lives. Make sure you're subscribing there. Hit the bell icon and let you know when we go live so you can participate in the chat here in our comments section. 
you're subscribing to the dnvr.com for all the written content and get discounts on the hats and shirts and the bigger beer down at the dnvr bar and the access to the discord channel free shirt when you get the annual all that kind of fantastic stuff and that you're following on social media at drew creaseman at patrick d Lyons, at dnvr underscore rockies all of those good and fun things other than that we can only ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome baseball fans out there we'll keep on being absolutely patrick lyons and drew creaseman in here and until next time we will see you at the ballpark taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com